valued listeners to the Lose All Your Money podcast. I'm Silent Rob here with Jay Swa, and I need to start out with an apology to everyone. As many of you know, we were sponsored for $5 million per episode by a company formerly known as FTX. And we sang their praises, and some of you may have signed up for accounts on our watch. And there's no excuses. There's also no liability. So fuck off. And sorry. And that's it. Jay, you got any words on that? Allegedly. Everything was allegedly. Is I just wanted to add that. And uh, happy 2023 to everyone out there. You know, you got to think for yourself out there. And mm-hmm. you think some lawsuit is going to help you feel better because of that with our names in it, then you're sadly mistaken. Yeah. You need to double check with your lawyer on the name of the podcast you're suing. This one's called lose all your money. So if that wasn't fucking clear, I don't know. We're going to be even clearer. Clear is kind. We're going to be even clearer in 2023 about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm actually looking for the positive spin that we're going to get off of this, the, you know, do a little save the image, maybe mm-hmm. we'll do a tour, maybe we'll do a tour. And yeah. Rehab tour. Yeah. Rehab tour. Yes. I like that. I think our image will actually be better if possible. If I don't even know if that's <laughs> possible, but if our image could get any better, but yes, no, welcome value listeners. Happy new year. We hope you didn't lose all of your money last year. 2022 was obviously a market corrector among other things, but we are happy to have you again this year. Rob, any proclamations, things you're grateful for, things you're not grateful for in the new year? No, no, I'm not grateful for really for very much. You know what? I'm grateful for another opportunity for us and for you to lose money, lose your money. There's always an opportunity to fall further when you think you've hit rock bottom. We're here to get you further. Absolutely. And just advocating, of course, doubling down at all, at all costs. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously this, <laughs> this episode is to talk about the NFL playoffs and, you know, just a great opportunity to lose all your money. Also the college football playoffs are tonight. We're taping this Monday, January 9th. Fortunately, this won't come out probably until the 10th. I am highly recommending the Georgia Bulldogs, which I'll of course edit out of this if they do get blown out the wazoo. But yes, we're on the dogs tonight there, Rob. What's the spread? I believe it's 13 and a half right now. I got it at 12 and a half. But yeah, anything under 14, I think is a good play. If you live in a weird universe where you're able to listen to this and then go back and bet on it. Cool. Yeah. I will roll with my SEC in national championship or semifinal games. Obviously not going to win it all the time, but yeah, a pretty good track record with that. But yes. Like we mentioned earlier, we're here to talk about the National Football League and the playoffs, the wildcard playoffs. Seven teams per conference make it in. One team per conference gets a bye. And the immediate thing I looked at and felt when I looked at the games for this week were, holy shit, a lot of these games are bad. And I think that's just a a microcosm of the season. And I really, we were talking beforehand, and I think there's probably five teams that can win the Super Bowl. And I could even maybe make an argument for four, but because the NFC is so relatively weak, I could see two teams coming out of there, and I could see three teams coming out of the AFC. And, you know, it's one thing to say that 
one of those five teams is going to win, but I think two of those five teams are going to make to the Super Bowl. I really don't even see a team outside of that that could even make the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, we're thinking probabilistically, it's not a 0% chance, of course, but I can't remember a year where it seems to be so much of the haves and the have-nots. But I think the fun part would be to maybe go game by game for this weekend's games, the wildcard games, and then after this week's kind of maybe look at more big picture of what we can do for the next month looking for the wildcard division conference round and then the ultimately Super Bowl which we played in fabulous Arizona in, I believe, four and a half weeks' time. Does that sound good to you, Rob? Let's hit it. All right, so this week we have two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and one game on Monday night. First game is Seattle at San Francisco. Right now I'm seeing a 10-point spread for San Francisco. This would be the third meeting between the division foes with San Francisco taking both of the victories during the regular season. 10 points in a division playoff matchup is a large, large amount, especially the total only being 43 points. I immediate would be to look to take the points with Seattle, but the San Francisco 49ers are an absolute juggernaut. They are playing a rookie quarterback and I believe have won 12 straight and they really don't look to slow down at all. I think this is the best team in the NFC, the most complete team in the NFC, despite having a rookie quarterback that was taken with the very last pick of the draft this year, Brock Purdy. I believe Arizona's own Brock Purdy. I'll have to double check on that, but I I do think he is from the Valley of the Fun. And yeah, I'm going to stay away from this game. Principle, I would be looking to take Seattle 10.5, but I have no interest in getting in front of this kind of runaway train that is the San Francisco 49ers at this point. This might be one where... You watch the game, maybe Seattle gets out to a lead, and if we can get San Francisco under a touchdown, I might look to bet them live, but I don't expect that, obviously, to occur. Seattle kind of playing with house money. They had to uh, have the Lions win last night to beat the Packers, which they were able to do. That being said, I think the last month or so, this Seattle team has played more to their level than they had been previously where Geno Smith and the Seahawks were kind of playing at a higher level. I, don't, I wouldn't say at an elite level, but they were definitely playing at a, at a higher level than they have been the last month or so. So, like I said, this is not something you don't really want to get in the habit of laying 10 to division foes in the playoffs. So this is definitely one I'm looking to watch from the sidelines. Anything before we go to the Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence showdown in fabulous North Florida, Jacksonville. Thanks to Jacksonville. That's a phrase you don't hear very often, but yes, the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now, it's about a pick them some places, total at 47. I would expect the Chargers to be slight favorites here. The Chargers are, I think, objectively a better team looking at talent-wise. They just have better flashes in the pan uh, throughout the year, but they have some notable question marks, first of all, for being such Jekyll and Hyde of a team throughout the year. Also, I think Brandon Staley, their coach is pretty confident to say that he's the second best coach in this matchup. Doug Peterson's done a really good job with the Jaguars this year. And I would be looking to get involved in this game. If we can get the Chargers as a one and a half point favorite, I'd be looking to take the Jaguars teased up to the seven and a half. Chargers kind of notoriously play a lot of close games. Jaguars is their first taste in the NFL playoffs, at least this crew, especially with Trevor Lawrence. So not really something you want to get behind too much. I would expect this one to probably close one and a half, maybe two. And if that does happen, like I say, I would tease up the Jaguars 
And there's one game in particular I've been looking to, to probably tease them with that we'll talk about on Sunday and potentially on Monday. But that's really the only way I would like to get involved with this one. You know, obviously live betting things can occur. Sometimes I might, you know, some fluke play happens. I might get on the other side. Also something to look at, especially with these quarterbacks, both quarterbacks, more than comparable. I would look to see that maybe towards the end of the half, if you know that that team is getting the ball in the second half and they get the ball maybe with them four minutes left, three minutes left, and they have a good chance to score back-to-back, that might be something you might take a look at. But that's really rare. I shouldn't say really rare, but that situation has to present itself. I'd say maybe that happens 15, 20% of the time. Also, you should be watching the game flow. You don't want to just go into that pregame with that attempt and then you're watching your team play absolute dog shit. And because you had that pregame idea, you kind of double down with it, you know? So, but yeah, I think especially as the, the smaller the amount of games there are, the tighter the lines are, the sharper the lines are. So live betting is one way around that. But as always, be mindful with that. Anything about that, Rob, you want me to elaborate on, or does that kind of make sense? This game is a pick and you said you think the line should be Chargers by one and a half. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Obviously, you factor in home field, it's probably one and a half, maybe two, just because the, they're not the most familiar opponents. So, but I just think that the Chargers have, a, they're more of a household name, if that makes any sense, with Justin Herbert being you know, a year ahead of Lawrence in. I don't know. I think they're a little bit more in the limelight. So I would expect that to occur. I don't necessarily believe that. I think, I think the line here is, is actually pretty good about this is saying that the Chargers about maybe one and a half, two points better than the Jaguars. But I just think public sentiment is going to come in and at some point during the week at some sports book. And we always talk about this, um, that you're going to probably get that one and a half. I mean, I, I can pull up right now and it wouldn't shock me. I, I'm looking at Bookmaker, which is the Chris line, which is one of the best lines in the world, meaning that, you know, you could put down probably six figures pretty easily. Maybe not this early in the week. You can't put six figures down. But you can put down you can put down 20K right now on that. I'm looking at some places. It looks like you can get down Chargers minus one at one or two books around town. So, like I said, I think that'll pop up to that key number one and a half somewhere sometime this week, and that will be able to to take that teaser up to seven and a half. And obviously getting that seven is the key number there with that. If that makes sense. Yep. Okay, moving to Sunday, we have the Miami Dolphins playing the Buffalo Bills. Two of these three games have huge question marks, and that comes with the quarterback position. The first game, Miami at Buffalo. This is another one of those scenarios of a division opponent. So teams very familiar with one another. Normally that would benefit the underdog, just the familiarity kind of, would bring things closer to average, if you will, the familiarity. But the thing about the Dolphins is, is we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Tua Tagovailoa has a concussion for the second time this year, potentially third time this year. So I think he's probably closer to doubtful than questionable to play. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who uh, is dealing with a finger issue, is a backup quarterback uh, who's kind of had some mixed results as a backup. He is unlikely to play as well. And then Skylar Thompson a third-string rookie is, just as you would expect, not nearly as well-prepared as Bridgewater or Tua would be. So this 11 is kind of a shot in the dark here. It's hard really to make any call on this one way or the other, total being 44 and a half. The game is being played at Buffalo, so I would just keep an eye on the weather, lake effect in mid-January, especially 
snow is always the sexy thing, but wind has the biggest effect on stuff. So you might see something where maybe they're playing their backup quarterback and, and the wind becomes a major factor. You might look at that angle, but really it's hard to kind of plant a flag anywhere this early in the week with uh, such a major question mark in the quarterback position. Does that make sense? Yeah, an insane place to put that. Yes, yes. And speaking of the insane place, the fact that Buffalo Bills don't want to build a dome with arguably the best quarterback wide receiver type combo in the, in the league. That's awesome. I love that. Just pure chaos. Who owns that yeah. team? That's a good question. I think the guy owns the Sabres as well. I forget. But someone big Buffalo guy. Yeah, quite quite wealthy, I'm sure. But yeah. The game of the week that I kind of have the strongest conviction on would be the Giants and Vikings. Vikings kind of the most interesting of the teams this year. They were 13 and 4, I believe, which is I think third or fourth best in the maybe third best in the whole NFL this year. But they actually had a negative point differential, which is kind of one of the most absurd things that you may ever see. They are, I believe, 10 and 0, if not 10 and 0, 10 and 1 in one score games. So that they just play notoriously close games and they win those games, which is obviously just utter randomness. Giants also play very close games, very well coached team. I think the Vikings are slightly more talented, but I think the Giants get more out of their talent and maybe a little slightly better coached. Both first year coaches here. I do like the Giants with this one. You can take a little bit at the plus three. But I really like this game teased up to right now would be plus nine. These two teams played, I want to say, three or four weeks ago. And it was a field goal game then. Would not shock me to be a field goal game here. I don't necessarily like either team to make any noise long term. But in this type of a game, pretty much these two teams are are just very, very similarly talented. and, And the Giants are a little bit scrappier, I think. The Vikings, I think, have been a little bit more lucky. So, yeah, I definitely am looking to back the Giants this weekend. I'm going to wait to see if I can get a three and a half. If there's any three and a half that pops up, I will bet that. I mean, three being the most common result that an NFL game falls in. So I will keep an eye on that. But even if that doesn't present itself, I'll probably take a small piece at a plus three at a good price throughout the week. And then I, I will have the Vikings tee, or excuse me, the Giants tease up to plus nine in a perfect world, plus nine and a half. Totals at 48 and a half. This game is going to be in a dome, but the Giants offense is very methodical, kind of milks the clock. Both teams utilize their kickers a lot, so I don't really have a lean either way with the total there. Anything with that, I jump out to you, Rob. Now I know our most loyal listener will be glad to hear this. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Liam. We, we do need to get him on here. How about if Giants win two games, Liam can be on our next episode. How about that? Wow, all right. Yeah. This Sunday night game, the Ravens are traveling to beautiful Cincinnati as they just did last week. Obviously, the biggest story in the NFL was the Bengals-Bills game a couple weeks back. Ultimately, that Ravens-Bengals game pretty much had no implications last week, so the Ravens kind of sent a JV team up there. That being said, the Bengals did take care of business. Total here is 43.5, spread is 6.5. Big question mark here, who will be quarterback for the Ravens? Lamar Jackson was supposed to be out for about three to four, maybe five weeks. I think this week will make it six weeks, and he's not played in the game yet. There are some kind of clouds over whether this has something to do with his contract that he's been requesting. 
Yeah, there's just a lot of smoke and mirrors here. My first thing here is, is I would like to take the Ravens, but it's kind of hard to know without the quarterback. I'd rather, if I'm going to get a backup quarterback, whether that's Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown, I'd rather have that be priced in than a potential getting a discount with Lamar playing, but maybe he's still hampered by an injury, things of that nature. So I will be waiting to hear that information. If Lamar is playing, I would probably take anything above you know, that four, if I can get four and a half or better, if he's 100% that he is going to play. But I would have to get at least seven, probably seven and a half if Hunley or Anthony Brown are playing here. That being said, the Bengals have looked really, really good. I just kind of think this is where you're kind of getting a team at its all-time high valuation and the converse with the Ravens, getting them at the all-time low. And anytime you're playing division matchups for the third time in a year, I'm always looking to, to back the underdog. So kind of hard to recommend a play without getting any of those things confirmed. So that's just something to take a look at as the week goes on. But this one might be one if the Ravens don't have their starting quarterback, you might look at an underplay as well, either for the game at 43 and a half or maybe just team total under with the Ravens as pretty much all their hopes are going to come down to their defense and stopping Joe Burrow and their prolific offensive attack. Obviously, it's not, not what everyone wants to hear, but does that kind of make sense with the uncertainty uh, given the, the scenario? With it, I wasn't going to put money on it anyway, but uh, you convinced me. There you go. And then finally, the Monday night game, kind of the casual NFL viewer of the game of the week. It's the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Tampa to play Tom Brady and the 8-9 and nine division champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Spreads three here. You got the total at 45 and a half. You have, like I said, America's favorite casual team versus America's favorite casual player with Tom Brady. If this got to three and a half, it would be an instant play for me for Tampa Bay. I would rather have Tampa Bay even right now at the plus three, even with a total at 45 and a half. These are the type of games that Tom Brady, I know this is like not where you want to put real bucks behind, but it is the type of game that he does win or at least finds a way to keep it close. So even the potential uh, teaser action here, getting that up to plus nine, I think could be decent as we, we monitor it this week. But Cowboys just kind of have that. They've had a great year. They're the best wild card team. But this is just one of those things where NFL playoffs come around and all the records, they reset. And this Tampa Bay team, like I said, didn't even have a, win, uh, or have a winning record this year. But that all goes out the window when the playoffs start kind of playing with a little bit of house money. This also might be one where you see how the teams come out. It wouldn't shock me if Tampa Bay came out and, and laid an egg offensively. So maybe if you don't get that three and a half, you wait to see how the teams come out before taking Tampa Bay. And maybe you only get a pick them or, or slight plus money for Tampa Bay. But if they do come out, as we just talked about, I think that might be worth its weight in gold, if that makes any sense here. But yeah, recap of the games. They're not the sexiest games. And I think that is just the crux of what we talked about at the beginning, where there's just a lot of average to slightly above average teams in the NFL with only, I would say, probably five great to elite teams. So this is kind of where they're on full showcase this week. And two of those five teams are on by with the Kansas City Chiefs, as well as the Philadelphia Eagles with the NFC. Anything about those games or anything before we kind of look at favorites for the Super Bowl? Take me to the bowl. 
So depending on where you shop right now, the Chiefs are the clear, I shouldn't say clear, but they are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I've seen them at like plus 300 some places, closer to plus 400 other places. Then kind of right on their heels are the Buffalo Bills at around plus 400 to plus 450. And I'm sure if you do some shopping, you can probably find some better lines, which as we always advocate for. Then you kind of have a tie for third place. Some places have the Eagles. Some places have the 49ers. So we just mentioned the Chiefs and the Bills. They're the one and two seed in the AFC. The Chiefs getting that bye, which is super, super crucial as well as the potential neutral hosting of the AFC championship game. So because of the Bills-Bengals game a couple weeks back, the AFC championship is in question as where it will be hosted. So I believe it's, it's between the Bills and Chiefs. It will be at a neutral site as there was a real possibility of the Bills having that home field advantage. But because that game was deemed a tie, they didn't get that opportunity to pass the Chiefs. So even that being said, I think there should be a bigger gap between the Chiefs and the Bills just because uh, having a bye is a massive, massive advantage for rest and just not having to play an NFL playoff game. So my initial takeaway before we even move to the 49ers and Eagles is that the, the Chiefs-Bills, even with that potential neutral site of the AFC Championship game being built in, I think there should be a bigger gap between the Chiefs and the Bills and really the Chiefs and the rest of the field with that. Um, and then when you move to the NFC, I do think the 49ers, despite not having the home field being the two seed, I think the 49ers are clearly a better team. Um, but the Eagles do get that benefit of the having the bye for week one. An important thing to also realize is that there is the playoff reseeding. So whomever has the highest seed remaining will play the one seed uh, next week. So for the NFC, you know, the four or five game, if everything goes chalk, the four or five game winner, so the Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which most likely would be the Cowboys, would play the Eagles. And that the Cowboys and Eagles have already played twice before this year. I think that would be a tough matchup for the Eagles for their first game in the playoffs. Now, obviously, if you combine the odds, the, the Giants or the Seahawks, are about 50-50 to make an upset, and that would kind of throw that apart. But that's where you kind of have to be looking one step ahead with that. Whereas if the 49ers were to play the Vikings, who are, are not nearly as rated as highly as the Cowboys, they would actually have a benefit of that. So really the five teams that I'm talking about here are the Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Eagles, Bengals. And you kind of see that with the Super Bowl odds. There's a huge drop off with the Cowboys oftentimes being the next highest at about 14 or 15 to one. So the two teams for me, if I had to pick right now, would be the Chiefs and the 49ers to make it all the way. I'm not really advocating for that bet yet, just because of those question marks that we talked about. But yeah, if I had to pull the trigger, I would do that. The Eagles having the number ones in the NFC, they had the best record all year long. They kind of ran into some injuries with Jalen Hurts. And there's just something about when you kind of have such a good record for the whole year and then playoffs start and you kind of have to start from zero again. That goes with it. This team doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. And I just think the 49ers are an absolute freight train right now, even with the questions at quarterback, but that is the caveat is you have somebody, a seventh round rookie as the quarterback for the 49ers 
Kyle Shanahan is an awesome play caller, but you know, how much can he really protect this guy in an unprecedented situation? So I do think the playoffs will get a lot better. I just think this weekend, there's just more bad, relatively average to above average teams than elite teams playing. And I think that's going to translate to the product on the field as well, if that makes any sense. Absolutely wild that the Niners are have the third best odds. Yeah, yeah, with with a dude uh, who was taken with the last pick in the draft this this yeah, uh, past he, year. He is, he is a Narison. He's a Queen Creek slash Gilbert kid. And nice. kid is the right word. Yeah, he made it out. Made it out, went to Iowa State, and, you know, rarely home but always <laughs> repping, you know. Yeah. That's what you want to say. All right, so basically your big takeaway here is there's a bunch of shit to be shaken out in this first week of the playoffs, and there's not any of these odds that we're looking at for Super Bowl winners that jump out to you as, like, Highly mispriced, really appealing. There's just a lot to be learned and nothing really like totally out of whack in terms of risk reward. Yeah. And, you know, as this gets a little clearer and things get shaken out, you know, I honestly think that the best bet might be the Chiefs who don't play this week. So maybe you, you know, because they don't get an audience this week, you might adjust it next week. You might look at that. I just think the Bills did not make the progress throughout the year that I was expecting, whereas the Chiefs, I saw noticeably get better throughout the year. And they've done something like, I want to say, four or five straight AFC Championship games they've been in, so they have that playoff success. And, you know, they're going to have to play the Bills or the Bengals. They're not going to have to play both. So, you know, we just named the five teams, right? So... On the NFC side, the Niners and Eagles, they're not going to meet each other to the conference championship. On the AFC side, the Bills and Bengals are going to have to beat the Chiefs. You know, they're going to have to beat two elite teams before you make them to the Super Bowl, whereas the Chiefs have that advantage of only going to have to beat one elite team to make it to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's the chalky thing, I'm sure. But, yeah, I do think if I had it based on the numbers we're looking at now, and I'm sure you can find the Chiefs at a little bit better price than we're looking at right now at plus 340. I would actually take the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And that's also something to think about is if you're betting any AFC team, I would bet them to win the Super Bowl because the AFC is clearly better than the NFC. Whereas if let's say you're betting an NFC team, whether it's a long shot or whatnot, I think they could get relatively lucky and maybe get to an NFC championship game and then you can decide to hedge out there or whatnot. But pretty much any NFC team is going to be a sizable dog to the Chiefs or Bills and probably even Bengals outside of the Niners. So even the Eagles, I think, would be two to three points for the Bills, maybe even the Bengals, and maybe three and a half for the Chiefs. So, yeah, just something to bet, you know, if you want to take a long shot on the, And I don't even hate, you know, maybe a, necessarily a long shot with, you know, Dallas or Giants. But I wouldn't do it to win the Super Bowl. I would do it to win the NFC um, just because of the, the relative strengths of the conferences. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on that. We're in Georgia Nation tonight for the college football season. Was there anything else you wanted to tackle Sports-wise, losing money-wise, New Year's resolution-wise, 
or, or anything Yeah, else? we got to spend 30 seconds on Fantasy Hoops. I'm obviously on a path to last place this season. You're obviously the one seed. I just want to hear briefly what's going on. Yeah, I'm actually scared shitless because the the dude who's in second place in my division, who's like um, his team is really stacked, and I'm playing him this week, and I'm I am actively trying to go four for four, just just get like four categories and move forward and, and just take my lead. Um, but yeah, his team is his team is fucking nasty. So yeah, I got off to a pretty hot start, and it's just dodging injuries with fantasy basketball, and that's starting to go the other way now with Zion's injury and, and a couple other ones. So I'm just trying to hold on to the one seed, get that buy, get that division cheddar, and then, you know, roll the dice come playoff time. What about your theory? Uh, are you just tanking for next year or what's happening? I'm not tanking, dude. I'm just getting fucked on three or four picks, one of which I knew the second that I clicked it. I just go motherfucker, which was Terry Rozier, which I, I still like – I was pretty bullish on him. He just had like a two – he had two – two years in a row, the past two years where he was just better than his career. And it's like, all right, this guy, maybe, maybe he's good at shooting now, but total revert to the mean. The uh, Kate Cunningham, another high pick, just injury shit. I was wondering if you also got a text from the new Orleans area this week about, I think the quote was verbatim. Do you and Jay think I'm fucking retarded? (laughs) (laughs) I traded, I proposed Zion trade to that individual like a couple weeks back. Yeah, and then yeah, he got, got hurt. Too. Yeah, and then he got hurt, and he that dude was all pissed at me. And I was like, "Dude, you, like you named your Wi-Fi after Zion? Of course, I'm gonna pass down for you." <laughs> but yeah, that sounds like that individual who's been a blast to, to uh, you know bring to the league this year. But yeah, anything NBA wise, I think the the craziest split I saw was the Warriors were like 17 and four at home and three and 16 on the road. That doesn't seem sustainable, but that is something. But Warriors yeah, I, are bonkers. I love the Nets story right now. If you're following that at all, I don't know. What are they? Eighteen they like, and two. Yeah, yeah. Aren't they just like on a, a crazy heater? Insane heater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the NBA is just such a better product than it used to be, and, and I have to always capitulate to you about this because growing up, we were not NBA fans around these parts, and and uh, I brought that to my, to the college days, and I was a big NBA hater, and you were the first to, to open my eyes to it, but. Uh, yeah, they do a great job with their product, and yeah, it's, it's just it's just a fun league to be a casual fan of. Especially, we can obviously turn that up towards uh, April after uh, college basketball season, and uh, you know pretend like we know what we're doing. But yeah, storylines story are plenty with the NBA. Love it, good shit. Um, yeah, let's reconvene pre Super Bowl for sure. We're gonna go over funky ass Super Bowl bets. Yeah, props. I will be out in Zona too for our, our listeners. Salah. Be going to the open on Thursday if anyone has mm. any interest out there. But yeah, nice long weekend out there invading Rob's personal space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, soaking up the sun. So I hope to see everyone there. Also, a reminder we're going to do our March Madness pool as we always do. So it won't be, it's about two months away, which is kind of crazy to think. Jesus. Keep investing in FTX, guys. And. Keep us posted. Peace.